In today's show, Bitcoin at a key point with the Bitcoin price at $28,500. I'll be breaking down the latest technical analysis and breaking news just in. Russian central bank working on legal regime to allow international trade in Bitcoin and crypto, according to their governor, as well as Argentina approves Bitcoin futures, as well as El Salvador will start university education program to produce Bitcoin and lightning developers starting Monday. Also, the world's biggest podcaster, Joe Rogan, says, I've got some Bitcoin. And quoting Max Kaiser, Bitcoin provides one perfect global truth that eliminates this friction and opens the portal to our universal consciousness preach. Also in today's show, Coinbase gets Bermuda license. Offshore exchange could launch next week, according to this latest report, as well as Hong Kong court rules that cryptocurrencies are properties. Also, Trezor Wallet enables Bitcoin privacy feature with CoinJoin, as well as Bitcoin is about to crush the altcoins, according to crypto analyst Benjamin Cohen. We'll be discussing why. And guess what? The Bitcoin halving is only 351 days away, with the estimated date to be April 6, 2024. Quoting Plan B, creator of the Bitcoin stock to flow model. My January 12th prediction is in line with the stock to flow model. He goes on to share that 32,000 is stock to flow one standard deviation band. Uh, 60,000 is the stock to flow model value just before the halving. And 100,000 is the bottom of his 100,000 to $1 million range with around 532,000 per Bitcoin at around the time after the 2024 halving. We'll also be taking a look at the overall crypto market. All this plus so much more in today's show. Hey, what's good, crypto fam? This is first and foremost a video show. So if you want the full premium experience, visit our YouTube channel at CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Again, that's CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Welcome, everyone, just tuning in. This is podcast episode number 1257. I'm your host, JV, and today is 420, April 20th, 2023. So happy 420, fam. Now let's dive right into today's market watch. As you can see here on your screen, the entire crypto market currently correcting, pulling back and in the red, down 2.6% today. The King Crypto trading just above $28,500. We have Ether down 2%, trading back under $2,000, and things aren't looking so pretty at the current moment. Uh, and checking out CoinMarketCap.com, the current crypto market cap barely hovering above $1.2 trillion with $51 billion in volume in the past 24 hours. Current Bitcoin dominance just under 46%, with the Ether dominance at 19.5%. And checking out the top 100 crypto gainers in the past 24 hours, BTT up almost six percent trading at virtually nothing followed by rendered token up almost five percent trading at two dollars and ten cents followed by okb up one percent trading just under fifty four dollars and checking out the top 100 crypto gainers for the past week massive losses with literally only a handful in the green which include rndr up five percent kas up 2.7 percent and btt up 6.3 percent and checking out one of my favorite indicators is the crypto greed and fear index as you can see here we're currently rated neutral at a 52 yesterday a 63 last week a 61 and last month a 68 in greed so there you have it and now let's dive into today's bitcoin technical analysis check out some of the charts and what's popping with the price action here we go bitcoin fell below 29 into April 20th as the bulls faced a battle for ground reclaim in March. And here you're looking at the Bitcoin one-hour candle chart. Data from Cointelegraph Markets Pro and TradingView showed Bitcoin heading to 28.8 on Bitstamp. And actually at this time, we're just below 28,500. And quoting Crypto Tony, Update on support now, so I am scalping along while we remain above the lows of 28,550 on the four-hour closure. We will see how this 
plays out today. And quoting Glassnode, whilst the Bitcoin market is correcting, we still have the average transactor taking profits. Uh, that's right. And also an analyst by the name of Checkmate added that he was waiting for realized losses to take control of a signal of panic by those who bought Bitcoin as it crossed 30000 earlier in the month. And as you can see in this chart, which shows the adjusted spent output profit ratio metric, which captures aggregate profit and losses of on-chain transactions and some more optimistic takes remain with crypto analyst Matthew Hyland noting that one month lows in Bitcoin's RSI on the daily timeframes. The relative strength index gives an insight into how overbought or oversold Bitcoin is at a given price level. And while they are still relatively high, such a reset and subsequent reversion can signal an inbound uptrend. As he points out here, Bitcoin daily RSI now at the lowest point since Bitcoin closed at 24200 over a month ago. And elsewhere, popular crypto trader Jelly continues to observe a copycat formation for the King Crypto, which neatly followed a price fractal from 2020. That's right. This ultimately produced a so-called Bart Simpson pattern, a spike higher followed by a plateau and subsequent retracement, only then to break out even higher later on. Quoting him here, 28.8 acting as a bottom thus far. If we can hold here for the next week or so. I see us breaking 30,000 soon after, but as you can see, we're currently below 28,500 and obviously we didn't hold. And with volatility returning to Bitcoin in recent days, John Bollinger, creator of the Bollinger Band's volatility indicator, meanwhile called for caution. Bitcoin, he noted on the day, had reversed away from its upper Bollinger Band, abandoning a breakout beyond it. Quitting him here, Bitcoin just pulled back to its middle Bollinger Band and its prior breakout level. We call this a logical place. Time to pay attention. He tweeted, so there you have it. And now for all the breaking news, Russian central bank working on a legal regime to allow international trade in Bitcoin and crypto, according to their governor. Also big news in Argentina as they approve Bitcoin futures. Also, uh, El Salvador will start university education program to produce Bitcoin enlightening developers starting this Monday, as well as Joe Rogan says, I have got some Bitcoin. And Max, uh, a little earlier, wrote this out and re response to Robert Breedlove in his tweet, this is true and the greatest impediment to finding these things is the abstraction and friction inherent in all human languages and forms of communication. Bitcoin provides one perfect global truth that eliminates this friction and opens the portal to our universal consciousness preach. Now let's uh, dive into our next story of the day, and that is Coinbase, the largest crypto exchange in the world. Are they going to be going off ashore because of Gary Gensler and this overreaching by the SEC? Well, it seems to be that way as they just got a license in Bermuda. That's right. Check this out. United States-based crypto exchange Coinba uh, Coinbase received the license to operate in Bermuda and is reportedly set to launch a derivatives exchange based there as soon as next week. I wonder why they're not launching that in the United States. Hmm. According to an April 19 blog post, Coinbase revealed it had received a regulatory license to operate from Bermuda Monetary Authority, the nation's financial regulator. Bermuda, Bahama, come on, pretty mama. Isn't it ironic? Uh, FTX was in the Bahamas, so they love the Caribbean. The license, a Class F license under the Digital Asset Business Act, allows Coinbase to conduct a range of activities such as token sales and issuance, also permits it to operate as both a digital asset exchange and a digital asset derivatives exchange provider. And an April 19th report from Forbes cited a person close to the company claimed that Coinbase is planning to launch derivative exchange in Bermuda as soon as next week. Coinbase 
provided clear regulations as a reason why Bermuda was chosen as one of our financial hubs and explained its regulatory environment is long known for a high level of rigor, uh, transparency, compliance, and cooperation. Take that, Gensler. And some from the crypto community believe the latest development could be the beginning of the end for Coinbase in the United States, as it just came a day after CEO Brian Armstrong disclosed at a fintech event in London that the exchange might consider leaving the U.S. due to the lack of regulatory clarity. Thank the SEC. Quoting Lark Davis, Coinbase just got a license in Bermuda to launch a futures trading service not long before the main Coinbase exchange leaves the USA too, in my opinion, unless something changes at the SEC. Now, Armstrong has been very vocal about his opinion on the state of crypto regulations in the US, arguing in November of last year that the Securities and Exchange Commission failed to provide regulatory clarity and is driving investors in trading activity overseas. We also have the crackdown by Senator Elizabeth Warren, in which uh, Brian responded, FTX was an offshore exchange not regulated by the SEC. The problem is that the SEC failed to create regulatory clarity here in the U.S. So many American investors and 95% of trading activity went offshore, punishing U.S. companies for this makes no sense. And I think Armstrong makes a great point there. But one clear benefit of a Bermuda-based exchange is obviously its tax laws. Businesses operating in Bermuda are required to pay a payroll tax, but it has a corporate tax rate of 0%, meaning profits are tax-free. Can't beat that. Making it an attractive base for firms looking to cut expenses. The latest development is an update to Coinbase's Go Broad and Go Deep campaign that sees it seeking to establish regulated entities and local operations to facilitate international growth. It also shed light on the progress in Brazil, Canada, Singapore, Europe, and the uh, United Arab Emirates. Quoting them here, our approach globally will be consistent with our approach in the U.S. We will work with the governments and regulators in different markets and will always aim to be the most trusted and compliant crypto company in any market. So there you have it. Do you think Coinbase will likely move out of the U.S. and go abroad in Bermuda? You know what I mean? Due to the uncertainty of the regulatory market, thanks to Gensler and the SEC. Let me know your honest thoughts in the comments uh, right down below. Now let's discuss the latest of what's happening in Hong Kong, which is uh, another major crypto hub. A court based in Hong Kong has acknowledged cryptocurrencies as a property that can be held in trust in a ruling involving the defunct crypto exchange, Gatecoin. I never heard of that one, have you? In an analysis of the ruling published by the law firm Hogan Lovells, Judge Linda Chan reportedly said that crypto has property attributes. The court deemed that it was appropriate to follow reasoning applied by other jurisdictions that crypto was property and could form the subject matter of trust. Chan noted, quoting her here, like other common law jurisdictions, our definition of property is an inclusive one and intended to have a wide meaning. And according to Hogan Lovells, the new ruling could potentially give insolvency practitioners in Hong Kong greater clarity in terms of digital assets, confirming that crypto constitutes property similar to other assets like stocks, aligns Hong Kong with other jurisdictions. The case involves Gatecoin, a Hong Kong-based crypto exchange that suffered a hack back in 2016, losing around $2 million in digital assets. Then on March of 2019, the exchange announced that it had received the mandatory liquidation order from the Hong Kong court. That's a pretty small hack, to say the least, of only $2 million, you know, 
hackers have gotten away with hundreds of millions. Or look at the hack from Bankman Fried. He got away with over $9 billion. Now, in the U.S., the Internal Revenue Service recognizes crypto as a property for federal tax purposes. This means that principles applicable to the property transactions apply to transactions using crypto. Meanwhile, a court has also recognized crypto as a property in China. Back in 2019, a decision made by the Hangzhou Internet Court recognized Bitcoin legally as digital property. And as Hong Kong pushes its goal to becoming a global crypto hub, China's state-affiliated banks are taking the opportunity to build partnerships and onboarding regulated crypto firms in Hong Kong. The events unfolded despite a ban of crypto-related activities in China. So there you have it. How many of you have ever been to Hong Kong before? Let me know. A pretty cool place to visit. I spent some time there probably about a decade ago. Had a blast in all uh transparency. But with that being shared, fam, now let's dive into the latest updates from Trezor, one of my favorite cold storage wallets I talk about very often here on the show. They just released a Bitcoin privacy feature with CoinJoin, which is a pretty big deal. Let's talk about it. Crypto hardware wallet firm Trezor is expanding the privacy of Bitcoin transactions through a collaboration with privacy-focused Wasabi Wallet. Trezor has rolled out the privacy-enabling CoinJoin feature on its hardware wallets, allowing users to enhance the privacy and security of their Bitcoin transactions. In the announcement made on April 19th yesterday, Trezor noted that the new function is immediately live on the company's Trezor Model T wallet. The company plans to enable the CoinJoin option for its first hardware wallet, the Model 1, in the near future. CoinJoin is a process used to uh, basically provide um, anonymity of Bitcoin transactions that enables users to send their Bitcoin as a part of a large collaborative transfer to obfuscate transaction history. The method was introduced by former Bitcoin core developer Gregory Maxwell in August of 2013, a decade ago, providing an option to send Bitcoin transactions more privately. I think that's a great idea. How many of you are currently using a Trezor? Let me know in the comments below. Trezor's new collaboration with Wasabi enables the CoinJoin option on its wallets and allows users to hide their transactions and balances while purchasing, donating, and making other transactions with Bitcoin. In order to enable CoinJoin, users need to open a new CoinJoin account on the main Trezor menu. The selection of the new CoinJoin feature is available alongside other account types, including Segregated Witness, better known as Segwit, and Bitcoin Taproot accounts. To enable maximum privacy, the CoinJoin feature on Trezor also prompts users to allow the anonymous communication protocol Tor. That's right. Now, CoinJoin is tre- in Trezor is optional, obviously, and users must first send their coins to a specific CoinJoin account if they wish to use this function. If users choose not to use CoinJoin, nothing changes for them. So do keep that in mind. And as CoinJoin enables more privacy, CoinJoin transactions are somewhat more costly as they require users to pay a coordinator fee, TechTech said, noting the following. When entering a CoinJoin, users also pay a 0.3% coordinator fee. So keep that in mind as well with the mining fee. Remixes for their coin join rounds have no coordinator fee. There is no additional fee when spending coin join outputs. And unlike the coordinator fee, the mining fees are charged with any other Bitcoin transactions. As such, users may pay a mining fee for each round of CoinJoin. Now quoting them again here, the CoinJoin process itself can take up to several hours. Afterwards, the outputs can be spent in the same fashion as any other Bitcoin outputs. Now Trezor's CEO emphasized that Trezor values privacy as the most important asset of individuals. Consequently, we're delighted that we have found a way for our community to keep their Bitcoin history private. Much respect to Trezor. And according to the firm, Trezor is the first hardware wallet to implement CoinJoin, following in the footsteps of software wallets like Wasabi. So that's great news. How many of you want to take advantage of this privacy in your cold store Trezor wallet? Let me know in the comments right down below. I think it's pretty 
awesome. And I think this will probably have many other hardware wallets implementing the same. I mean, who wouldn't want privacy if you had the option privacy versus non-privacy? You know what I mean? So anyways, with that being shared, now let's discuss Bitcoin likely to crush the alts. And then we'll discuss everything Bitcoin having, including Plan B's $532,000 Bitcoin price prediction following the next halving in 2024. Let's break this baby down. Popular crypto analyst Benjamin Cohen says the King Crypto is much stronger asset than most alts. Let me know if you agree or disagree. Cohen tells his 800,000 subs that altcoins tend to do worse than Bitcoin in the bear market and recovery years. He also notes that some alts will outperform Bitcoin, but says it's just difficult to identify which ones will. The analyst also highlights the recent upswing in the Bitcoin dominance. In early March, Bitcoin dominance hovered around 42%. It is now currently standing at 45.9%, an increase of 9%. Cohen forecasted Bitcoin dominance could move sideways for a few weeks to a month before continuing to move upwards past 50%. The analyst says there is some merit to excluding stablecoins from the Bitcoin dominance charts to better understand how the actual altcoin market is doing in comparison to the king crypto. Quoting him here alongside this chart, ever since January 2022, the dominance excluding stables just continues to put in one higher low after the other. Cohen also notes that some altcoins seem to be in perpetual macro downtrends when compared to Bitcoin. Let's watch this video he did entitled Bitcoin Dominance. Check the show notes below the video in the description. And now let's discuss everything Bitcoin having along with Plan B's latest prediction for the Bitcoin price action post having in 2024. As I shared this morning here on crypto Twitter, the next Bitcoin having is only 351 days away with the date estimated to be April 6, 2024. Pretty good stuff. And yeah, let's look at Plan B's recent tweet. My January 12th prediction is in line with the stock to flow model, as you can see here. And he goes on to share number one, 32,000 is stock to flow one standard deviation band. Number two, 60,000 is the stock to flow model. And just before the halvings, which we can see in this chart in the dark blue, and it seems to hit the stock to flow model values. And then he says number three, $100,000 is the bottom of my 100,000 to $1 million range around 532,000 stock to flow model value after the 20. 24 having and another analyst says bitcoin tends to reach 730 percent plus above the poc in the volume profile within the having cycle if bitcoin chooses to do the same in the next having it will reach two hundred thousand dollars per coin in april of 2024 let me know if you agree or disagree with the analyst and now let's discuss uh this having a little bit more at the moment six and a quarter bitcoins are issued every 10 minutes however every four years this block reward is cut in half which is what we call the infamous having. The next having is scheduled, as I mentioned, in April of 2024, with the reward which will drop from six and a quarter Bitcoin to 3.125 BTC per block. So if the demand for new Bitcoins remains constant and the supply is cut in half, the price should go up certainly does as history has shown us now historically bitcoin's price has bottomed out a little over a year before the halving and then climb leading into the event and after the halving the price usually shoots up with the post halving rallies lasting around 480 days on average so if history repeats itself we might see bitcoin's price bottoming out in december of this year followed by a rally leading into early 2024 and a strong rally after the halving which is typically when we hit the peak some predictions even suggest that the price can rise to 36,000 before the halving 
I think we rise way before that, before the halving, but that's just me. And then soar to 149,000 afterward. Wouldn't that be mind blowing? I think it's inevitable. We reach a six figure Bitcoin price, this halving cycle. And I think this is extremely conservative at $149,000. Let me know what you guys think. And this shows you in this chart. I mean, numbers don't lie. You can see the Bitcoin having rallies from 2011 to 2013. It went up 5.7x. Then from 2013 to 2016, went up 93x. Holy moly. And yeah, I mean, just massive gains. And more recently, it shows from 2023 to 2024, we went up 2.3x. And 2025, expected to go up. Uh, whoa, I mean, 4.2x would be fantastic if we do fulfill that, to say the least. And I mean, what are your thoughts surrounding the Bitcoin having and the price action? Do you think we're likely to surpass 100,000? Keep it in mind, let's again, just run some basic math based upon previous halving cycles. Uh, in 2016 was a big halving, obviously. And then 2017, we reached the all-time high and we reached almost 20,000. Then four years after 2016, the next halving occurred in 2020. And one year preceding the halving, I believe this was November of 2021, we reached the current all-time high of $69,000. So if we were to just 2x from the previous all-time high for this having cycle, which is extremely conservative. We're talking about realistically a $138,000 Bitcoin price. But again, that's my conservative prediction. I think more realistically, 220,000, potentially 300,000. I mean, there is no top because fiat has no bottom. And especially with the current state of emergency, with the bank runs occurring, fiat dollars collapsing around the world and hyperinflation, et cetera, et cetera. So where do you feel the Bitcoin? Bitcoin price is likely to go for the peak after the halving of 2024. Let me know your honest thoughts in the comments right down below. And don't forget to check out CryptoNewsAlerts.net for the full premium experience with video and to participate in the live Q&A. And I look forward to seeing you on tomorrow's episode.